Welcome to the Small Business Conversations podcast. I am your host, Melita Ngalungulu. This week, we have a very interesting guest to speak to on job creation and the role of township economies in doing this. Tim Hogan's went from being a security guard to a theme park mogul. And this week, he shares his entrepreneurial journey and gives us tips on how you can turn your misfortunes into opportunities. Tim, thank you so much for joining us. Melita, thanks for the opportunity. We are still in the middle of a pandemic and many business owners have struggled to make ends meet. And we've seen the number of unemployed people in the country increase to 2.3 million as per the latest status say quarter one figures. What would you say is the best way for entrepreneurs to create jobs in the country? I say let's go back to basic. Firstly, township economy. We have a multi-billion rand thriving township economy of which our local youth are partakers of. Without signing xenophobic, we need to find a model that we actually get our youth involved in our township economy. Secondly, I would say technology. Due to COVID and the new way of doing things, there's a huge demand and boom in our e-commerce space. So we need to educate our unemployed and our youth on how to partake or participate on your online platforms, similar to the likes of your Amazon. Thirdly, I would say agriculture. In our townships, in our communities, we do have patches of land to our disposal. Many of these patches are currently used as dumping sites. But from an agriculture perspective, we can convert those patches into food gardens. They will serve two purposes. Number one, income, but second, also feed your community. And we can actually go to the extent of exporting those products. It might sound like a big dream, but it's been proven that there is a demand for South African produce and livestock abroad. But currently, especially in our rural communities, farming is done for recreational purposes, for lack of a better word. Farming is done for the sake of somebody claiming I own 100 cows. Those cars could be exported and actually open a, an income stream for not only an individual, but also the community as a whole. And then lastly, from education perspective, education, education, uh, many years ago, government took away your technical schools, which was a big mistake on their end. I think if we can get to a point where we reignite or restart those technical colleges, it can enable the unemployed youth to use their physical muscle in hands to generate income. So I would say back to basics at this point in time. Tim, I'm not sure if you've seen a video circulating of multitudes of people queuing to submit their CVs at a local Chisanyama in Cape Town looking for bartenders and waiters. So when I saw the video, it made me think of the role that township entrepreneurs play in the economy. So what role would you say that township entrepreneurs should play in this regard there aren't any jobs available. That's a fact. Our people should realize the only way to survive nowadays if you come become entrepreneurs, like you just now said. I have to go back to what I just said. Currently, I would advise anybody to tap into our township economy. My major business is under pressure. Your blue chip companies are retrenching and closing down. So the only way for us to survive is by taking our township economy. Township economy stems from a tuck shop to a barber shop to fresh produce. So I would encourage whoever was queuing there to rather, instead of queuing for a job, form a co-op with like-minded people who will queuing with you and come up with a product that will be relevant in your community and also the communities around you. Unfortunately, there's the reality of the matter. There aren't jobs. We all have to become entrepreneurs. 
There's a bottom line. Tim, it's often said that entrepreneurs are born and not made. But I certainly believe that is a combination of the two. You lost your job as a security guard 10 years ago, and now you're an entrepreneur. How were you able to turn around your misfortunes? The quest for success in a better life. Melita, I grew up very poor, and that's why I became a security guard. Uh, now, the quest for a better life, not only for myself, but for my siblings, my family, those around me, was the main driving force behind me wanting to become an entrepreneur. But once I became an entrepreneur, I realized that there's much more to entrepreneurship than money. There's the CSI perspective, so there's a passion that goes with it. And my personal journey, consistency, consistency, consistency is what enabled me to, over these years, develop from a security guard into a business and entrepreneur owning seven businesses. So I would advise any budding entrepreneur or any person wishing to go into business to identify in an existing industry, identify a niche and just put in the time, the effort and the consistency. Because in the end, many guys go into business for the wrong reason. They're going into business for money. Once they've made it first million, they disappear. And that's not uh, a sustainable model. So I would recommend and advise anybody who wishes to go into business, find your niche and work tirelessly towards it. The reward is not money. The reward is upliftment and empowerment of those around you. Where did you get the funding to start up Green Outdoor Gym? Agreed. COVID affected 9% of our population, even from a business perspective. The type of business I own were harshly affected because it's recreational, construction, etc. But once again, it's a matter of consistency. It's difficult to remain consistent and positive under circumstances like COVID, for example. But then I'm a firm believer in reinvention, Melita. I had to reinvent at least three of my businesses. So, and during pandemics like this, during difficult times when challenges are there, there is no funding. And even the funding made available, it's impossible to tap into it. I always say, government always reports that uh, nobody is utilizing the funding out there, but for an ordinary person like ourselves, like myself, for example, you need to appoint a consulting firm to get that funding, and appointing a firm or an individual to tap into funding costs money, of which people don't always have. So... In my personal journey, I had to reinvent, and I think reinventing what you have and reviving what you have is the best way of surviving any challenge or pandemic without tapping into funding. Funding is out there, but I have to tell you, like just now rightfully said, it's not accessible, it's difficult to get it, and not everybody's got an appetite for that. So where did you get the funding to start your first business? Melita, I was fortunate not to require any government assistance from the onset because I was forced to sell my vehicle and also take out a personal loan to kickstart the process. Because my offering was unique, my concept was new, I was able to fund my first project, but then government subsequently became my client. And the, that's how I bankrolled my business. Unfortunately, for other individuals out there or startups, they're in need of basic funding. And which is just not to their avail. And like I said previously, tapping to funding South Africa is virtually impossible. And I would recommend that government actually make the process much easier for budding or startup entrepreneurs. What are the three key lessons you learned from that? Firstly, from my perspective, it's very important to have a business partner or at least a board of directors to assist you in business critical decisions. As you know, I'm the sole owner of all my businesses. I don't have a business partner with the exception of one. 
uh, out of six or seven rather. So you need a business partner to surgeon critical business decisions. Secondly, my lessons learned, I appointed wrong people. It's imperative that you appoint the correct, most skilled, experienced people in the key positions. I've got a lot of empathy towards people and this may, over these years, at some point affected my business negatively because I would appoint people based on pity. Yeah. So it's very important that you appoint the most suitable individuals in the right positions. And thirdly, you must treat business money or company money exactly like that. It's not yours, you belong to the company because that is a common mistake a lot of entrepreneurs, especially in South Africa, make. Um, they tap in the company or business money as if they own, but it's a culture. You get a tender child because you know there's more coming. So those are the main lessons I've learned over these years. Get somebody who can help you making decisions, appoint the right people in the key positions, and treat business money as business money, company money. Thank you, Tim. That was serial entrepreneur Tim Hogans speaking on empowering the youth and job creation in township economies. Listen again next week to the Small Business Conversations podcast with me, Milita Ngalongulu. To listen to our other podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za and the MoneyWeb app. Follow MoneyWeb News on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn for updates. 